Hey, Armin here. Welcome to the NSP Nutrition Show. We cover training, nutrition, supplementation strategies, and a whole lot more. So stand by. Hey, welcome to the NSP Nutrition Show. I'm Armin Eckelbarger. Hey, I'm Frank Mills, and thanks for joining Armin and I again this week. Uh, we've got a great show mm-hmm. for you today. We're going to be talking about peptides for IGF-1, pros and cons. So you're going to hear the best and the worst for each. And uh, we've got NSP fan questions. You know, we've got a lot of good questions this week, and I always get excited about that. <laughs> We get excited about you sending your questions or topics into us to help us with this show. So uh, excited to get that going. But, you know, Armin, let's get this show started. It's a darn interesting topic. Uh, what what prompted you wanting to talk about this today? Okay, so first thing I want to do is uh, explain what IGF-1 means. That stands for Insulin Growth Factor 1. And what that does, it uh, it's involved with helping growth hormone release naturally in the body. So it's a form of a growth hormone release stimulation. Uh, and so the, there's peptides that uh, have shown to activate that or improve it. And there's different types of that. So what actually happened is my son had called. His name's Brant. He's uh, 24 years old. It will be 24 next month. But um he called me he goes, hey, dad, what do you know about peptides? And I'm just like, well, what do you want to know about peptides? And he goes, well, one of my buddies who's the same age as him, I was thinking about taking them. And I go, okay. And he goes, he said he did his research. And I'm like, really? I, I don't think he did that much research, but mm-hmm. we'll talk about it. So <laughs> that's what stemmed from it. You know, that's, this is something that, you know, kids that age are seeing and i thought well let's talk about that and kind of enlighten people what they need to be aware of if they come across it so well it's a good thing that that he called you because a a lot of times they'll just try things because their friends are doing it assuming it's okay right well he's he's not you know i've kind of coached him so he's always like does a little homework for you if he considers doing anything so i wasn't too worried about that but yeah he's trying he's trying to help his buddy out so Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, you know, so that's kind of how that got started. So, so what did you tell him, Armin? I'm curious. All right. So I, I, I explained to, to him, it's, it's totally unnecessary at, at their age. Okay. Um, and, but if they, if they want to know where they stand, which there's nothing wrong with that, it's just to have a blood test done to see where their level is. You know, that's mm-hmm. the, you know, the easiest thing to do. So, and so I asked him, I go, where did your buddy learn about this anyways? And he said, well, he, he saw it on YouTube. Yeah, go figure. <laughs> so uh, I go, all right. So what, what YouTube channel? Goes, well, it was Derek with more plates, more dates. Um, this is this is a 30-year-old guy that um, he apparently does all kinds of steroids uh, to see how he responds to them. And then he talks about it on his show. And he's oh, apparently done okay. done really well because he's you know well, he's he's different. Uh, so you know it's not the kind of guy I'm going to be following, in my opinion. But that's mm-hmm. how it got started. He made it sound like you know even at, at age thirty, 
uh, no big deal, you know, et cetera. I was like, eh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I'm kind of curious um, when you talk with, when you talk with Brent, you know, what was his friend's rationale about why he even needed to take these peptides? Yeah, I had, to, I had to ask that question too. I was like, you know, what's going on? I mean, what are you looking to do here? And, uh-huh. um, you know, Brant's like, well, daddy doesn't want to follow a solid nutrition program because that's what, you know, Brant's doing. Uh, and he's trying to help him with his nutrition. Uh, so he's thinking, well, this would, this would be a shortcut. Like everybody thinks there's always a shortcut. Uh, since this YouTube guy was talking it up about how to lose body fat and then add muscle. So that's what the, you know, looking for a shortcut, like, like a lot of kids will do. <laughs> well, I'm sure you set him straight. So what did you tell him? All right. So I just explained that, uh, you know, going out and taking something like that is, you know, pretty much you're asking for trouble because he's not done any blood work to even see what his levels are, to see if it makes sense to even consider it. Uh, and, and if you're going to do anything like that, you need to have a qualified physician or medical professional to monitor, you know, what's going on and, uh, you know, what, what would happen, even if you were to do it, which, you know, right. I would, I wouldn't even, you know, any medical professional, I don't think would even recommend it, but, um, you know, if, if for some reason his lab would come back and his levels were really below range, okay, mm-hmm. then that's probably a good argument. But most likely it's not. So, you know, for somebody at the age of 24 to um, or 16 to 24, there's a range where their IGF-1 level would come in around 182 to 780, which is a pretty big range, nanograms per milliliter. So that's the range. So that's what we want to be checked. And so, for example, somebody my age is the, the range is 71 to 290 nanograms per milliliter mm-hmm. so you know as you get older you know you're not going to produce as much because it's, it's not as necessary because i'm you know i'm not in a growth phase kind of thing so you know just just for people to know my personal levels are just barely over 100 which i would prefer to be higher as well but you know i know what they are uh, and i'm working on that with different things that i can control which is basically uh, working on more sleep and then also um, trying to get more sunlight, which can help those levels. Uh, it's and there's natural ways of trying to improve them. Um, so, but you know, it has been recommended by the, by my doctor to use a peptide. And so the one that and you know, there were several of them that were recommended, but the one of them that uh, they felt would be better for me was the CJC twelve ninety five peptide. So these mm-hmm. peptides all have little code names for them. Uh, and that was to try to bring my levels more into the range, the higher range, um, to improve, you know, if I got into 200 mark. Um, but at the end of the day, what it, what it did for me after checking my lab work is it actually lightened my wallet by $300 a month, learning this Ooh. process. Cause that's what it costs. If you want to have actual prescription based, uh, medication like that, it's not, uh-huh. it's not really medication, but to have the peptide. Right. So, right. You know, I just, I simply suggested that not to do it and that uh, at the very least, you know, just get a blood test just to see if there's even an issue. So that was my suggestion to have him do whether that kid does it or not. I don't know. I mean, right, right. But that's what I would, that's what I would be focused on in which my son agreed. He, you know, okay. Absolutely. Well, you know, 
you got me kind of curious now. So let's say that someone wants to do this. Where yeah. should someone start for improving their IGF-1 levels? Well, you, you're going to need to find a medical professional that even understands, you know, the protocol to improve it. So, and then after that, you'd want to get some lab work done and then to see, okay, where did your level come in at uh, to kind of discuss, is this something that even needs to be done? Mm-hmm. Uh, but if if your levels come back and are not in a good optimal range, which would be closer to the higher level, then you want to focus on what you could do naturally, okay, which makes the most sense to I- improve it. And so, um, and so with that being said, some of the easier natural ways to improve your IGF-1 reading, and if your IGF-1 is, is higher, basically you're keeping your muscle tissue, you can add muscle tissue, it does help you to burn more fat. So there are a lot of benefits to, to keeping it at a good level, but you know, the things you need to do to keep it stimulating the right way is first and foremost exercise, which is basically doing resistance training, because that's going to help, mm-hmm. you know, help keep the uh, levels uh, up and also keep them more more stable uh you need to get sleep because that's when the release happens is when you're sleeping okay and but you also get some in the sunlight and you also get some when you're exercising but you get the bulk of it when you're sleeping so if you're not getting sleep that's something you need to take into account right, uh, obviously right. diet you know you, if you're eating a, a diet with adequate protein fats and the appropriate amount of carbohydrates. You don't want a lot of processed carbs because that's not going to help with that. Those because it has insulin elevated too much. Uh, so, r- with the right amount of nutrition, that's going to help keep the levels uh, staying up and for overall health. And then you need to get some sunshine, like I mentioned before, and along with some vitamin D because these, uh, you know, vitamin D, which we've talked about a lot, is really important for all for all your hormone levels. So you want to get that to keep the keep them more stable. And then stress management, you know, stress destabilizes everything in your body if you don't keep that under control. So, but that's where exercise and other things can help keep stress more managed, especially Mm -hmm. keep the cortisol down. So uh, you want to make sure you're, you're not keeping yourself stressed out and have different ways to promote relaxation. So that was a lot of stuff that, you know, I kind of talked about, okay, well, these are things that you need to focus on first. Mm -hmm. um, And then after that, if things aren't changing, then there may be an issue going on. So then, but then, then, you know, <clears throat> right, right. Okay. So you kind of got me a little curious here, Armin, Let, let's just say the perfect storm happens and you try all those different things that you just suggested and they don't work for somebody. Would it make sense for somebody to try a peptide? Yeah, so again, you need a medical professional to look at all your overall hormone uh, levels, okay? Mm-hmm. So that would be the first thing to do. So you want a pretty comprehensive test, but then you'll get the IGF-1 test as part of that. Uh, and then, you know, with the peptide, most of them, there's different versions of it, but the most common one from what I'm seeing right now is the CJC-1295. And so what that really is, it's a synthetic peptide made of amino acids. These peptides are basically amino acids. So, and they're bonded together specifically. Uh, and in this particular case, the CJC-1295 is designed to help stimulate the release of growth hormone uh, from the pituitary gland in the body. So it's helped to stimulate it to get a little bit more spurts from it. Because you just get these spurts when you sleep. So at that point, yes, uh, you know, that would make more sense if somebody's looking to improve it. 
uh, if, especially if it's at the lower lower level. Um, but again, you know, in my case, it didn't it didn't do that much because when I'm at my levels checked. You know, I'm I'm rechecking. Okay, how's this thing working for me? And it wasn't uh, it wasn't great. You know, and it came up about I don't know, maybe at, at the best it came up thirty points, but that was pretty much it. It wasn't like it was going to ramp it up to a whole nother level. And again, you're spending a lot of money on this stuff. So, um, but I do have, a, with that being said, I do have a few clients though that have responded pretty good to it. And then their levels mm-hmm. have, have uh, stayed where they need to be. And again, it wasn't a large ramp up, but it's more to kind of keep it from declining uh, with what was happening there. So, um, but again, it, you know, one thing you gotta understand is with these, with this particular peptide, there's different versions, is they increase the levels of growth hormone it's growth hormone re- releasing hormones, what's called mm-hmm. GH, GHRH, okay, in the body. And so, again, that's just going to stimulate more growth hormone release. But then you have other peptides that work differently than that. And so, some of the examples of that would be like an IGF 1, it's called LR3. And so, what the LR3 peptide does, it, it mimics growth hormone. So it's acting like it's in your bloodstream and it's like, oh, here's some growth hormone that just happened to come come into the system. So it's mimicking mm-hmm. it and it's a longer acting version of IGF-1 and um, and it has a, a longer half-life is one of the things they make notes about it, okay? But it's, again, effective for promoting growth and recovery, muscle growth and recovery. So this is probably more what the uh, the bodybuilding guys that are doing all these you know different drugs is probably going to fit that case pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, it, it's hard to say how well it's working for them, but you know, you, you just want to check. Um, then you have the IGF-1 that's called DES. And this is basically a truncated form, a shorter form of the IGF-1. And that's, it's a little more potent, but it has a shorter half-life to, to give you a, a bigger boost than the LR3. So mm-hmm. like I said, yeah. there's a lot to know about this stuff. So, and then you have the IGF-1, uh, one EA, and those are just like peptides that help healing. So that's like BPC 157 and then TB 500. Those are some of those. And then you have the PEG MGF, which is a modified form of IGF 1 that ends up being attached to what's called a, a polyethylene glycol molecule. Mm-hmm. So, what this is supposed to do enhance it enhances the stable, stability and half life. Uh, of the of the product in the body so it just stays in your system longer um, but it's particularly effective for growth and recovery so that's more than the other one that you know some of these bodybuilders are probably using uh, if they're mm-hmm. not using growth hormone so that's why i was t- telling my son it's like you know and anybody else that's involved with it you know you need to really do some homework on this or yeah. get educated about it before you start even consider because you know there's what's going on here is these people are taking it off the internet they're just buying this stuff randomly off the internet and they don't know the sourcing of it uh which you know it's cheaper uh, you know obviously mm-hmm. there's a reason why it's cheaper but is it is it what it's supposed to be because some people right. think well anybody can make the peptide okay well maybe anybody can make the peptide but you know how safe is the peptide and how it was produced and also the mm-hmm. administration of it so because you have to these peptides are injected in most cases um so <laughs> Well, with the one thing that you mentioned at the beginning of what we were talking about, the CJC-1295, you said was a synthetic peptide made of amino acids. Yeah. My question is, a lot of people just take aminos 
Do you think that they have the same issue in maybe the peptides if they're taking aminos or is this a more targeted approach for somebody who has a peptide uh, kind of deficiency issue? Is that how this is framed? Well, it's a good question. You you need to have the amino acids in your system, but these, uh, when a peptide is basically these amino acids put in a specific chain that the body recognizes so gotcha. yeah, it's a more concentrated uh, form and strategy to get a response um, to the to the body. So that's the mm-hmm. purpose of it. And mm-hmm. you know, apparently there's some effects to it. Um, but again, you just want to understand what you're getting into uh, with this stuff too. So, <laughs> well, we've talked about a lot of different types and a lot of the pros of it. Yeah. We got to go to the cons now. What do you feel the cons are at this point, Armin? Well, again, if you're going to work with a qualified professional, it's going to be expensive. Okay, and I wouldn't recommend anybody just buying this stuff off the internet at all. I think that's just asking for problems. Um, and you, when you start taking it, you're going to need to take it for a period of time. So you need to, you know, you, that's going to be a budgetary thing. Mm-hmm. And then with anything like you're using these peptides, you know, they'll typically do a certain amount of time which is eight to 12 weeks. And then you take a break and then uh, let the body kind of see how it's going to handle it on its own and then go back at it. So you would get another blood test to see how the level is after about, you know, a month or so, see how it's holding up. And if it's holding up, probably hold, not really to take another dose. Just understand that with the medical community, they're going to want you to keep buying. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that's one of the other things you got to keep in mind too. And there, there are side effects. So just because you're taking this doesn't mean, just because it's an amino acid doesn't mean it's harmless. <clears throat> so like some of the side effects, when I was, you know, recommended to do it, uh, it was in the injection site. Uh, you know, I was getting redness and stuff from, and even though it's a little, it's an instant syringe to use, it, it was irritating my stomach because you have to do it like every day, you know, either right before bed or in the early morning, depending on what the doctor suggests. And so I was getting some swelling in there which and some redness, which is like, okay. So I had to definitely make a change from that. Uh, flushing, sometimes when you do the injection, if it, if it hits the uh, vein, even though it's an insulin syringe, uh, you'll get this flush feeling, which will last, uh, can last 10 to 30 minutes, depending on where you, where you, where you hit it at. Uh, people don't realize any of this stuff. Uh, then you, some people get headaches, nausea, and maybe vomit, vomit or get dizzy and lightheaded. Uh, and then some of them, a little more fatigue and drowsiness from it, uh, which, hmm. you know, that would be make sense for them to take it before they go to bed. Uh, and then one of the other side effects is um, increased hunger and appetite, which can also lead to higher glucose levels over extended period of time, not, not in the short run, but it will affect your, which it did for me, it affected my hunger mm-hmm. um, a little bit more. So yeah, there's a, there's a lot involved. Well, you brought up, um, multiple times about seeking a physician to help like supervise this. So you're have your ducks in a row, but I'm I'm kind of curious, what is the typical kind of physician protocol for taking this arm? Yeah. Good question. So when it's being prescribed with the right medical professional, again, I'm going to keep emphasizing that because a lot of people think they know something about it and they don't necessarily know, but they're going to start you with a low dose, which is like for me was uh, 10 units with an insulin syringe. Um, and then you know, as you 
as you get done with that round of the prescription, then they're going to bump up the next round a little bit more. So like for me, it was 10 to 15 units. So that's important. Now, mm-hmm. what also I found though is not, some docs do not even explain the best time to take it or take it regarding food. So, which I found very frustrating when it was recommended, but they didn't tell me, you know, again, key details to this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, my first doctor says, I'll just take it in the morning, you know, as soon as you get up. So that was, but make sure you have no food um, before that. So I was like, okay. So I was doing that, but, you know, that didn't really, uh, you know, it wasn't doing much. Okay. So I'm just like, oh, okay. And then another guy recommended, you, know, you can take it anytime you want, but you know, he didn't say anything about food. So what you need to understand with these things to work, you cannot have food within about a two hour period if you want to get the right response. And so from what I've learned, the best time to take it is before bed, two hours of not having any food, then you take, then you would do it. And then it does help your sleep uh, in the beginning. So, you know, that's, so I think that's probably because you're going to get more release of growth hormone, but mm. your body does get, your body does get used to this stuff like anything else. So then it starts to level out. So yeah, uh, a lot of things to know. So the typical protocol uh, that, the, that they would start you with, and again, this is with one medical professional. This is like, this is a cookie cutter thing where it's the same for everybody. Cause it depends on how low your levels are. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that could be 10 units to start with and they go to 15. Some of them could do 20 units to start with and then leave it there and maybe even drop it down. So uh, again, a lot of moving parts and then you can, you want to recheck it to see how you're responding. So a little messy. <laughs> well, all, all of this, you know, um, it does actually make sense because if you're trying a great nutrition plan, if you try all the different things that you suggested, Odds are you're probably not going to have a peptide problem, but if you feel that you are seeking the advice of a medical professional that has this experience and knowledge, I agree with you, would be the key. Um, As we wrap up the segment here, Armin, any final thoughts on um, anything you might have missed, I guess? Uh, well, you know, there's probably always, always stuff that could be missed because there's a lot of, there's a lot of different types of peptide strategies. But, um, I, in my opinion, when it comes to your hormones period, okay, do not do anything until you have done a comprehensive test and you're having an appropriate medical professional review your lab work and go over the things. And if anything is not in line, your IGF-1 or your testosterone, your free testosterone, your estrogen, et cetera. Then let's seek the natural strategy first, because you need a medical professional that wants to do that versus write the script. Okay. And there's not a lot of those out there, but seek the natural strategy first. Uh, and then uh, if that's not working, you know, with, with incorporating, which you got to give it a little bit of time to see if it works. If it doesn't work, then that's, then that's a better time to consider, okay, if I'm going to do this, I got to look at the long-term decision because anytime you're messing with your natural production, it can negatively affect you when you stop using it. Mm-hmm. Okay, we want to make sure we don't make it work less. So, for example, if you start taking too much of this, which it can happen really easy if you're just buying off the internet, doing it on your own, you start taking too much, it could cause the gland to actually want to shut down. Okay, because you're overstimulating it. 
and this is what the peptide stimulates it versus right, the peptides right. that actually mimic it. If you get too much from the mimicking, then your body won't, your body could potentially stop making it. So I mean, <laughs> a lot of things that you need to be understanding. If if you want to get benefits from it, then understand that. Right. And finally, finally, do not buy this shit off the internet. Okay, get a get a prescription, get a, the right compounded dose from a, a legitimate pharmacy. If if in the case that you uh, prescribe that, and you know most doctors are going to have those arrangements for you, and then you're going to have a safer um, strategy to get it done. So there you go. Well, Armin, a lot of great information, and you know I, I noticed that you continue to reiterate throughout the entire segment. Uh, get the proper medical attention and uh, advice or, or, you know, from somebody who has the knowledge of this, not every doctor is going to know this and uh, it's going to take a little homework to find that person. Right. Yeah. Unfortunately uh, it's getting more, you know, you're getting more and more medical professionals that are getting into this because Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of uh, questioning and they need to be able to help support those answers with what to do. So you're seeing more of it, but it's still, it's still tough. I mean, and the ones that are good, they get booked up really quick. So that's the other thing. And then they're, you know, they can't really take on any more uh, clients until they uh, get more help, et cetera. So mm-hmm. one of the things to, to make sure uh, if you're going to do the, put the time into this, then do it right. And that's the other thing I just want to emphasize doing it right. Absolutely. Well, appreciate all the great information. I'm sure everybody else does as well. And uh, we're going to take a quick break. Stand by for a quick word from NSP Nutrition, and Armin and I will be right back. NSP Nutrition was founded by Vince Gironda during bodybuilding's golden era. Vince wanted to supply his members with unique and nationally sourced supplements that would help accelerate their progress. NSP Nutrition stocks some of the same products it did when it first began in 1972. And you can discover our entire range of supplements and products at nspnutrition.com. Just use the code NSPSHOW at the checkout and save 10% on your first order. Hey, and welcome back to the NSP Nutrition Show. I'm Armin Echelbarger. Hey, I'm Frank Mills. And, uh, you know, we appreciate you joining us for the show. But I kind of always direct people to either products or certain things about NSP as we come back from the break. And if you haven't been on the website in a while... They've got a pretty cool banner up for a summer ready body and you buy two, you get the third one half off with all supplements and you get a free Vince's gym tank top. So I don't know what more you could want. I mean, that's a pretty sweet deal in my opinion. So check out nspnutrition.com today and get yourself ready to have a summer ready body. If you don't have one already, you know, Hey, but it's a good deal. Um, Armin, fan questions. You know, I I always get excited about what we're going to get. And uh, we've got this guy. uh, His name is Arnie. He's in Alaska. Uh, He's an outdoorsman. Likes our show, likes our podcast. And I guess we did a show about sleep. Uh, I'm trying to think back. You know, we've done so many shows. It's hard for me to remember. But um, he said that that he has no problem sleeping. Mm-hmm. And he says that uh, his thoughts are, 
he's active. He's outside every day. He does a lot of manual labor. He walks a lot. He hunts. He fishes. He does all that stuff. He's an active guy. Mm. He says, when I get back and I'm done with my day, I have no problem sleeping. His question is, do you think that there's such a sleep problem in the world because of stress and lack of physical activity? What's your thoughts? Well, yeah, it's definitely going to be a factor. I mean, I'm the same way. If I've had a hard physical active day, yeah, I'm going to hit the, hit the hay pretty quick and right. I'll go into pretty good sleep. So, yeah, I think that's definitely a factor. It's just that, um, you know, a lot of people don't have that kind of activity and right. they're, they're sitting at a desk all day or if they are, they're getting up and down from the desk, but they're not really, you know, lifting stuff and moving stuff around unless you work in a warehouse or something like that. So there's not a lot of, unless you're doing a physical job and you're going to have different issues when it comes to sleep and then also what their habits are. You know, I'm sure he's not sitting looking at his uh, computer screen uh, right before he was at bed <laughs> for the last two hours because he's been out doing other stuff right? Uh, or right. checking his phone, been on his phone for the last hour and a half uh, looking at, you know, social media or whatever. So, uh, the, you know, those things are they're not conducive to sleep for, for certain people. Uh, and then if you're just stressed out all the time, you need to relieve that stress. So if you're not doing physical activity, you're going to relieve the stress because it's it's not on your mind. Your mind is dealing with the, what you're working on. So that's a, that's another thing. So I, I agree 100%. I think that um, if people were more active and did some physical activity, at least at some level, I think they would definitely sleep better uh, for sure. But that also depends on their caffeine intake and you know, what they're eating too because it's like he's eating really natural food. So his hormone right. levels and his body is going to be like, yeah, we're – we're getting it done versus when you eat trash food and you're doing some of these other lifestyle factors that people are doing too much alcohol, et cetera, or whatever they're doing, uh, it's going to affect your sleep. I mean, alcohol affects mm-hmm. your sleep, period. And if you're one of those people that has a lot of alcohol throughout the week, yeah, it's not going to be good. A- absolutely. So, uh, Arnie, thank you for the question and the feedback. And uh, thanks for sharing that with us because, you know, a lot of people want to sleep and, uh, activity definitely helps wear you out for the end of the day to get some rest. So I agree with you. Uh, Next question from Joshua, Nashville, Tennessee. Joshua, um, this is kind of interesting, Armin, um, because I've thought about, I guess, different things when it comes to questions and wondering what we're going to get, right? The types of questions we've gotten from all over the spectrum when um regards to nutrition and working out all different things but with joshua he says uh, you know my wife has a term that when we're in the house too much i get house fever you know i've got house fever we have to get out yeah. right okay we've been yeah. in one place too much he said armin i have gym fever i'm in the same gym i've been working in the same gym for a long time and he said i just need ideas of what do you do to break up gym uh, fever do you have suggestions or thoughts i thought it was a great question because if you is. do go to the same gym or have been for a long time yeah you're going to get gym fever no matter who you are well he's absolutely correct uh, but that's why i talk about changing things up as much as possible 
uh, because yeah, you go in there and you, you have this, that's like groundhog day thing of like, oh, here we go, going to do this again. So that's why you can't just, and I don't know how people do the same stuff over and over and over. I mean, I, there's people in my gym, they do the same exact workout every single time and every single day they're in there. They don't even change up anything they're doing. So right. that's groundhog day in a nutshell. But um, what I typically do is I'm, I have a, I have my mental game going on before I go to the gym, thinking about, okay, how do I want to approach this workout? And a lot of times I have my workout already preset, uh, but depending if you're training it, if you're training in a really busy gym, it's hard to do that. But a lot of times I'll do it, I'll have it on my app and then work through it that way. But I'll have a mental process of like when I get to the gym, like currently where I'm at is if it's not too, I can see, is it busy or is it not too busy? So if it's not too busy, then I may, that's why I may do some giant sets some tri-sets, you know, like three or four exercises nonstop just to really challenge myself and to break the monotony and to see how I respond. So you know, that, that's one thing I like to do. Um, you know, also maybe just do really short rest intervals uh, going back and forth with these different exercises. If I'm not doing the giant sets, uh, or the you know, supersets and trisets. Then you can also just do drop sets and extended sets. So, and try other exercises. So you want to like look up different, like you know, you can look at my YouTube channel or you know, whoever you like. I've got a lot of exercises on my YouTube channel that you can look at for getting some variety on different ways to approach. You know, how to do dumbbell lateral raises because they can get pretty monotonous. But then, okay, well, let's use some cables for for lateral raises mm -hmm. to work your shoulders. Uh, and then what options would be available to do that. So, yeah, it's a matter of uh, analyzing the equipment. And that's where you want to look at how to combine certain exercises together to like pre-exhaust work. And you know, we've talked about that a lot where, you know, doing some leg extensions and going right to leg press because uh, you've already fatigued the, the, you've isolated fatigue the quad muscles. Now you're going to use a compound movement because you have the assistance of all the other muscles to even fatigue it further. Mm -hmm. uh, doing those kind of strategies yeah you, you you've got to do that and mix up your your rep schemes you know so maybe have a high rep day then maybe have a, a low rep day just to see what your strength levels are especially if you're feeling really strong there's a lot of ways to do it but you will have to get creative um and so you know that's where a good coach can help you too because uh, i do that with a lot of people um because you know when it does get boring you're not gonna, you're not gonna get good results when it gets boring it just kind of you just give it that that good old boy try, but you're not really affecting the muscles like you would like to, to get more out of, more out of it, in my opinion. And really the more active you are, you know, changing it up, like, Hey, after I work out, I'm going to go play tennis or I'm going to go, mm -hmm, hiking, or, you know, something that that'll help to stay out of the house for a while, do mm -hmm. some different things to add into your workout. Um, you know, yeah. so yeah, yeah. Some great advice, Armin. Great. Yeah, hopefully he's not doing seven days a week. I would I would cut it back to five days a week. You need a couple <laughs> days of rest, so that'll help yep. you with the gym gym fever as well. And it keeps a little more fresh. So absolutely. Well, Joshua, thanks for the question. Arnie, you as well. And yeah. hope you enjoyed the show today. And you know, we can't do this show without you. We need that content coming in. So please send your questions yeah. in. The best way to do that, scan the QR code above our heads. You mm -hmm. can contact us by commenting on any of the YouTube episodes and we'll get the notification that you've done that. We read those. And then also you yeah. can email us at support at nspnutrition.com. And, you know, 
Armin, we can't do it without the support of the audience, and we appreciate everything that they offer to us, don't we? Yeah, it really helps. Great questions, because I'm sure other people have, have are thinking about the same thing, and so we can keep giving other people fresh ideas on how to get more out of their, uh, more productive with what they're doing each day and get better results. So, yeah. Absolutely. Well, thanks for joining Armin and I today, and tune in next week for a brand new episode of the NSP Nutrition Show. Hey, thanks for checking out the NSP show. Go to nspnutrition.com where you can find a whole heap of resources to help you achieve stunning definition and eye-popping levels of muscularity. Don't forget you can save 10% on your first order by using the code NSPSHOW at the checkout. Catch you next time.